Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers right here on the old podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We want to thank you guys for joining us today. We're going to have a good little episode in store for you. We're going to talk about the latest release from the band called Ancients, Voice from the Void. We've asked our friends out there in Facebook land about what musician should be a politician, Danny. Yeah, this is very... um exciting and diverse topic at the moment with the recent American poll. For some reason, every country, even Australia, feels like we are very important to the electoral system. Yeah. And for some reason, people in Australia decide we need to protest a perfectly democratically elected leader <laughs> in another country. I don't understand. People aren't that angry when we vote a leader we don't want in. So, uh, who knows? I don't actually remember a... Uh, an actual, um, yeah, like a public display when the Liberals got voted in, actually, to be quite honest. But, yeah, a Conservative Party here in Australia, probably really no different to a Conservative Party in the States. But uh, there you go, Danny. Just some things just happen, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Look, we won't go too much into the political side of it, but it's just funny these days how, uh, I guess, how, how emotionally connected people are to America. It's quite, it's quite nice, actually. I think it's quite, quite romantic. Well, we are. We base everything on this show, really, on uh, news stories that come out of it, and that's what we're going to start right off the bat, Danny, with... Billy Joe Armstrong, you'd know him as the lead singer-songwriter for the band Green Day. It is a punk band, but this is a recurring theme of what he was talking about. He's just come out and admitted that he, like a lot of people like Corey Taylor... What, don't want to see phones at gigs. They want to see eye contact. They want to be in person. Now, Danny, we are seeing a few of these people come out now. So, what do, do we change our position on this? Uh, do we do we uh, do we go back now? Because um, you know, punk's anti-establishment. Do we go anti-punk uh, to punk? What happens now? We punk the punkster. Yeah. Well, now we can do it now because, like you know, when the politician, like before the election, you you promise all these good things, and after the election, you, you change tune. Maybe we can do that. Like, yeah, now I'm changing my mind and stuff. <laughs> but now, but reading the article from Village, he makes a good point where he says he wants the fans to connect with him, and I I find that the case. There's no point looking at your phone and trying to focus on your phone, recording a poor quality of the audio. And you won't you know, listen to it again ever. Just just experience a great quality of audio, and then buy the properly produced um, live album. Yeah, because when it, when it comes out of your phone, it just sounds like a black metal album anyway. So like, no matter if you go see Taylor Swift or Behemoth, it's just gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> and you hear those you know, people screaming like, oh wow, that was well worth the hundred and forty bucks for that. It's ridiculous. Your camera can't even focus in properly. Then the lights going to flash, and you're shaking. You're trying to bump people off. And people around you are talking, cheering. Yeah, it's just and you literally, you literally don't watch it again. You literally yeah. like uh, it's just like no, you record it and then you're like, oh wait, I have that on my phone. Uh. Yeah, let's talk about some Marlon Manson now. So Billy Joe, yep, yeah, we're with you, but we want to talk some advice that we uh, got to know from Marlon Manson. You know, I think a lot of fans come to our show and want to know what we have to think about life and love and uh, and drugs. So let's talk about that. Uh, Marlon Manson has uh, just evolved in an interview that he learned something that uh, when he was bored. Or when he went to a mental hospital or rehab, you know, there are simple rules. You drink when you're in a good mood, not when you're in a bad mood, and don't smoke crack. Yeah, pretty much a um, good lesson for the kids out there, especially coming up to Christmas, man. Do not ask crack from your parents, they might end up smacking the ass. But, but yeah. You hear Timmy saying, well, what about cocaine? No, Timmy, even Marlon Manson says cocaine's a no fly zone as well. So your Christmas might be boring, but at least you're going to be healthy. Yeah, he didn't say anything about speed. We all know what the good thing about oh. speed, two sleeps till Christmas. So, <laughs> and that's, that's one thing Martin Manson didn't, didn't cover. If, 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 uh, yeah, it gives you a good chance of seeing Santa too. You're probably not the real Santa, but uh-huh. uh, you know, you'll be naked, so what do you care, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he, thought, he was quite, quite good. He actually talking about um, Scooby-Doo, and he used to play with his like, Daphne doll 
and Super Doo Dolls. And he said definitely was the first time he got he even said aroused. Through definitely now he thinks all red-haired women are, uh, I guess, the incarnation of the devil. So he's probably like this massive anime freak who, like, you know, whacks off to uh, to our cartoon characters as well. I mean, uh, as someone else who doesn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, no. Dream Theater, Danny. Let's yeah, move on. Woo. Dream Theater. They announced their 2017 European tour, and it's going to be consisting of the whole entire second album from Dream Theater. Obviously, that's the one that James LeBrie, uh was first featured on, but. It's, Funny enough, they're not doing the first album. Now, do you reckon you know why they aren't doing the first album from Dream Theater? Uh, honestly, because there's nothing, I guess, worth mentioning for that album. Yeah, that I album reckon. sucks. Yeah, really? Wow, there you go. <laughs> and one, it doesn't feature James LeBrie. It features a singer who's quite... um. It's like if you went to... It's like going to a metal show, right, and seeing a ballerina performance and no uh, teddy bear in the cart going around in circles. It's literally really... Just jarring and disappointing. So they know where they they know what the fans want. They're giving it to them what they want. Are you a little bit shamed you're not in Europe, Danny? Yeah, I mean, Image Words is a great album. I really, I mean, they they pretty much based a whole another album off this album, like with Metropolis, whatever it's called, Part Two. Part yeah, two, yeah. So that's pretty much, uh, I guess, a branching off of this album. But you know, this is great. I mean, it's more progressive and feel and more like just soft rock at times, but. Still a great album. Yeah, no, it's good for the fans. Uh, that's what they want to hear and return to some of their roots as well. I guess when they were actually really having a good time, you know, it got to a point where even like Mark Pointer would admit it that, uh, you know, there had to be a change. Someone had to kind of leave and stuff like that. But you can really tell from the early Dream Theater that there was so much fun to be had and uh, they're going to get hopefully a, a good performance out of them, Danny. Yeah, def- oh, I have a feeling these guys here probably add up a bit on stage and extend some solos, et cetera, because they, they've got the abilities too. But at the same time, it's... Uh, why not? That's good on them. I mean, well, that's the best thing about those al- those um, songs off those albums. There isn't too much of that devolved um, shredding for the sake of it. There's really like good passages of uh, you know harmonies and uh, and and rhythms that's uh, you know obviously taken out from early Metallica, but it works in really good context. And uh, you know, have fun, guys. We're gonna we're gonna be a little bit jealous of it. So we're gonna move on to our next story with Mick Gordon. Now we don't cover too many uh, video game composers as sorry musical composers on this show. But Mick Gordon's an important one because he's actually been on quite a lot of video games. Why is he important? Because he did the latest Doom game, right? And as we've covered, remember when we covered the episode, our very first episode, we talked about Doom, Danny. Yeah, we talked about how uh, the Doom soundtrack, the first Doom was at 1998, 9, that era, was uh, heavily, let's say the word inspired from thrash metal songs from the 80s, like bands like Slayer and I think Megadeth and even Metallica. Yeah, it's basically like inspired as much as Lady Gaga borrowed, and I was using equations from Madonna. Like, it's literally like the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And this is funny here, then they came and talked about this Doom album. Um, they actually didn't want it to be metal. Or that's right. Metal about it. ID Software approached Mick Gordon and they said the only disclaimer don't make it metal. Now, as we've talked about, if it wasn't for Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax and all that, the first Doom would never have had a soundtrack because it literally is the same. So check it out in our first episode because we actually go through and actually play for you by recreation of my voice, the songs. Pretty accurately as well, Mark. So and pretty accurately. Yeah, it was just uncanny how close they were to each other, right? Um, but yeah, so Mick Gordon took it away, started writing, and then he goes, look, ID... Here's the thing. If I can put five percent of guitars in this, in this, you know, in the backdrop for this, um, this game, I'll be happy, right? And right. they're like, oh, five percent can't be wrong. Turns into ten percent, right? Yeah. You know, fifteen percent. And before you know it, we got a full metal album. Like this thing is literally like from the brink, start to finish, of uh, you know, drop seven string guitars, 
brutality really, really low. Yeah, it's kind of like when you watch Bargain Hunt and they're trying to set off the things at the end. It's like, oh, five, five, ten percent, ten percent, fifty, fifty, fifty percent, twenty, twenty percent. Oh, we got a full blown album here. And, but everyone wants to see it go to one hundred percent. Everyone's like, come on, we want, we want to see it sell for a hundred bucks. Yeah. The the disclaimer though, what I want to talk about is that Mick Gordon admitted that he has a friend in Meshuggah, one of the guitar players. Yeah. You know, and um, the advice is, is this is hilarious. He, the guitarist from Meshuggah, said to Mick Gordon, he didn't know exactly who it was, but he said, um, "Why would you want to do something?" that someone else has done before, you know, it already exists. It's already out there. If only Meshuggah took their own advice before they released the last album, yeah. we wouldn't have heard like a Catch-22 done with better production or Catch-23 done with better production. Well, this is it, isn't it? Sometimes, well, maybe we can find out who the person that actually doesn't write the songs Metallica. That was him, I guess. So he's probably given us a clue of the true identity of his uh, guitarist friend. But I don't give props to this bloke because this bloke's actually an Australian dude based in Brisbane and he does work for like uh, all these major uh, I guess video game producers he's working on the new Prey game he's also worked on some other bigger games as well so I yeah. think Killer Instinct was one of those yeah. and um, there was also one which Baldur's was Metal, Metal Gear Reven- Revenge it's like a really dumb yeah. name uh, but uh, a very very established title so yeah, give props to the Australian guys dominating the music scene, man. So it's good on him. There you go. They should, he should be getting an Ari, man. You know what? That's what we want to see. We want to see an Ari go to Mick Gordon. So if you can guys go to hashtags, hit on the twi- our Twitter, Mick Gordon for an Aria. Uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, you've only got one day, man, because the Aria's are tomorrow. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so get on the thing. Actually, this release is on Thursday, so we're going to miss it. Oh, oh, hashtag hilarious. go back in time, <laughs> Mick Gordon Arias. <laughs> go to a Back to the Future movie and get it to work so you can do this. So um, let's move on to our next story with Corey T. Taylor now he wants to make amends with Rick Rubin after bashing him as overrated and overpaid. Did you get to read this article in full day? Because this is quite a hilarious article. Yeah, it's quite long. It's um back in I don't know, 2003 or something. So second album. Yeah. Uh, they got Rick Rubin to help produce it, and Corey Taylor wasn't too impressed with Rick Rubin's uh, efforts or attitudes. Yeah. So basically, the the name was established by then, right? And when he first came out in the scene, he was like daring. He was a go getter, a risk taker, and all those cliches that we like to throw around in our uh, Lego box. But what happened was he got the other side, apparently. He got this one who was uninspired, uh, a little bit bored, if you will, and uh, really just running through the motions. But for some reason, Danny, he wants to come out and, uh, you know, quash those rumors. Does he want to work with Rick Rubin again? Is that what he's trying to say? Uh, potentially. I mean, there's there's no real reason for him to, like, apologize because he's come out back in only 2011 when he started attacking Rubin and... There's a lot of disclaimers in that attack anyway. So this my thoughts, my feelings. Other people will still not say others. And he's coming now five years later and said, I was young back then when I said that and I was sober and blah, 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 blah. So you're right. Maybe he, maybe he's sick of other producers just ripping off like Sepultura and Korn. It's <laughs> hilarious because he goes on to say in the article that he... Um, he doesn't. He, he just doesn't know what he says. He just says things off the top of his head, and he and he, and he notices that not many people do that this, in today's age. And if he gets it in trouble, so be it. But that's the whole thing. Like people, what he has to recognize that people think of their sentences before, the, before they say it in such a large context. So he just found out the hard way that uh, yeah, he pretty much stuffed up. Mm-hmm. And I think him trying to go, oh, you know, we should just be you know, honest and win that. I'm like, well, nah, because if you just thought about maybe not trashing someone who's so publicly respected and well and revered and getting so much work you know that might have hurt you in the long run but uh 
Uh, or maybe I'm talking crap. Yeah, I don't think Slytherin's really suffered because of this. Um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we need to start like trashing more producers on this show, and maybe we can start. Yeah. Like, maybe we'll get our own Aria. Yeah, boo, boo recruitment, boo. <laughs> I'm happy about something next year, Danny. Uh, album of the year for 2017, which is going to be released uh, under the band called Moore's Prince of Est. Uh, they got this awesome trailer where they go through like 10 to 15 seconds each song. And uh, I mean, like, I had to stop it. 20 seconds in so I was like this is going to be amazing like why am I going to like why would someone pour boiling hot water into their like um, into their mouth and then like put salt in it to clean the wounds that's why it's like to listen to Moore's Prince of Mass without hearing the whole songs in context ouch that's that's really inspiring Matthew I think I think you're really calling calling 2017 album like early I, I mean, know like, you're really calling there, there might be like a tool and actually push it back into like unreleased date you know Um, I'm more worried that it's just gonna suck yeah, 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 <laughs> and I heard the part. best 20 seconds off the album which is possible but, you know um, we've re- I bought CDs of our bands which I've reviewed on this uh, show and been like ah it sounds great this first track's amazing and then like I never hear of another distorted guitar again or something yeah yeah I mean, that, that's it I mean it's hard we only have small snippets of everything and then it's like when you watch a trailer to like a movie it's like they always put the best parts in a trailer especially like comedy movies too bad even even the snippets in comedy movies are terrible so yeah uh, maybe this will be a good one but we shall see we're gonna see so next year guys hold on your hats for that it's actually January so it might even be our first review wow. next year which will be like what a way to start it off the firing blocks with a go 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 Danny Filth on Failed Supergroup. Now, he had a supergroup planned out. And the members, uh, you know Danny Filth. He's from Cradle of Filth. Don't know what Cradle of Filth is? Black metal. It went pretty mainstream towards the end of its cycle. I think it's still going around. But at one point, these guys were like some of the innovators were getting that dark, very um, disturbing sound into a mainstream kind of uh, yeah, uh, image like you know, in the population, Danny. Yeah, no, they were, they were massive. You know, they, they also mix up a bit with um, operatic parts and section there to make them a bit more popular so yeah i guess maybe try and increase their brand a bit but what what's interesting to us is the guys that the super Bowl came from we've mm. got enslaved the cult gorgoroth which obviously uh, another black demon man but volbeat yeah volbeat apparently the guy from volbeat was ex-anthrax so thrashy down to uh, volbeat i still don't know how to classify them southern rock even though they're from was it Sweden? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that kind of like adding milk to motor oil? Like, nah. wouldn't that just not work? Yeah, I don't know. It, it is a big eclectic group of people. I don't know if that would actually work. You know, it's... Well, that's the thing, though. Danny Filth claims it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but Danny Filth would. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant, in fact, that he's going to get Devilment. You know, that new band he's got with that chick singer and all oh, that? Okay, yeah. They're going to cover, and I'm using quotation marks again for our blind audience out yeah. there, uh, to do the whole album. So, because it's going to be in limbo, apparently, for the rest of eternity. Amen. But um, what, do you, what do you think? You're looking forward to it, Danny? Oh, I really don't know. Probably not, no. I mean, the other, the other thing as well is that, like, how good must his current band be if he's not actually playing any of their songs? He just, yeah. He's just covering a non-existent band. He's like, what about Cradle of Filth? Like, nah. <laughs> Why would I cover their songs? They songs suck. <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to finish it up before our editorial with uh, actually a segue article, Ooh. Obituary. Now, the bass player defends that Donald Trump's plan to build a wall What's wrong with protecting your borders? Before I get you to comment on, there's actually another politician in mind that agrees with this. And do you know who that is, Danny? Oh. Bernie Sanders. 
Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders believes that. Now, we'll just go a little bit of a, uh, a, a um, political angle before we go back to really bad jokes. Uh, that uh, obviously having controlled borders is a good thing because then you don't get your illegal aliens coming in who would work for 50 cents to, you know, everyone else is working for, you know, the minimum wage to get by. So he obviously sees it as a uh, conservative view anyway. So two, two evil sides coming together on the same team. Oh, Bernie Sanders evil, that's a bit strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's good and evil, sorry. The good uh, and evil come together and like wherever you sit on the dichotomy is up to you. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like having uh, Optimus Prime and uh, Megatron coming together to defeat Unicron, really. It's, wow, that you really know? happened actually. I've got that documentary. It's actually a really good documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's called You Got the Touch. Oh, you got the power. Yeah. Dude, oh my god, we can just gush and talk about the new, the, the old oh, 1984 uh, Transformers. 1986th uh, oh. anniversary this year, I should know. Oh my god, I'd rather see that than the Dream Theater, I think, to oh, be honest. Wow, a strong call. <laughs> should we go back to this obituary thing there, then? Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, obituary, uh, Defense Trump's War, what's wrong with President the Borders? Let's go to the editorial, Danny. All right, so the editorial now is just coming out from that is. What musician would make a good politician? We asked our Facebook fans. We talked about the start of the show, Danny, that obviously there's a lot of heat going on. You know, there are parades from Democrats who are outraged with this. Republicans are mixed. Some are very, very happy with that. And some are just still sad that they couldn't vote for Joe Biden or whatever his name was. Um, But uh, Danny, what about you? Let's talk about this uh, on a uh, serious point. We don't have to talk about just America. We're talking about any muso in the world who would make a good politician. So, did anything come to mind when I kind of threw the question out to you this afternoon, or are you just kind of like waiting to hear what our fans had to say? Uh, live from column A, live from column B. Would you prefer to have the fans' opinion first? <laughs> Actually, before, before we get to the fans' opinion, I'll just state that Australia has retried this, and we had Peter Garrett, former lead singer of uh, Midnight Oil, as a politician for the uh, Greens, and he wasn't that. A Labour, wasn't it? What was it Labour? I think it was Labour. Uh, maybe it was Labour. But he wasn't really that inspiring as his position. I can't remember what portfolio he had, but yeah, he didn't really last too long. The funny thing was is that the fans who ended up being the voters were like, why don't you do the things that you were talking about in your songs? You know, he was asking for so many radical changes in his music. But when you go into politics, you've got to do one thing, and that's play politics. And I think he found out faster than anyone because he wouldn't even talk. When people were coming up to him and asking these questions... He wasn't even putting out a song. Like, you expect a musical number. Like, he'll just come out, the band would come out behind him, and it'd be like High School Musical 3, and everyone knows his choreographed dance routine. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> his, his choreographed dance routine is like a, a little like a little doll, like this mannequin doll skin. Like, let's get it. It's like, ah. <laughs> it's like a siege. Like, you just put the flashing light in front of yeah. it, and it's like, let's get ah, ah, ah. <laughs> So the mannequin challenge, like, we're there on seizures. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 go through the uh, the fans, and because um, I'm still, I, yeah, I'm still thinking about it myself too, but let's talk about our uh, Beautiful reception on Facebook and on our uh, on Twitter and stuff. You know, we had a massive um, amount of people responding. So let's start from the top. Uh, Jaden Clark starts off with an absolute ripper. A photo of the 1986 Transformer, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> Long red hair, flying like this, flying looks white tank, and uh, flying V. Everything about the 80s that we know and love it was amazing. Yeah, and he's very opinionated on things. He likes people to hear his thoughts, even though we didn't ask to hear his thoughts. So, <laughs> already he's got makings of a good politician. Yeah, he's that irritating uncle that, uh, you know, if he died in a very accidental but uh, planned out um, roller door accident, not too many people would cry at his funeral, I'd imagine. Aww. But, you know, he does play guitar, write some pretty awesome songs too, so we'll give him that much. 
Your boy, Danny, Braden CFC, he reckons that the front man from Catholic, that Freddie Lim, seems pretty popular in Taiwan. What do you think? Yeah, I guess I haven't actually... Uh, there must be a hidden story here I don't really know about, but yeah, could be that this one's uh, beyond me, Matt. Yeah, so we're going to move on to Peter Mitchell. Now, he's got a photo of the Twisted Sister lead singer, Dee Snyder. Now, I did like the way he articulated himself when he was attacked, when he remember that, that suicide thing in that. Yeah, and, uh, the parental advisory board well, it's with... um. Uh, the, the the old Al Gore's um, Mrs. Tippegore. Tippegore, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And he came out in the whole like literally, he came out from a, from the shower on a uh, Wednesday morning, a tank top and jeans, yeah. scruffed up speech in his pocket, and then he went to absolute school uh, with them all, which you will see on that documentary as well. Yeah, so there you go. So you already have a guy who knows how to work the crowd, work these politician types. So this night, maybe he could be good as a uh, foreign. Um, Foreign Secretary. Foreign Secretary, uh, yeah, advisor to rights uh, speeches maybe, you know, uh, but he's a, uh, yeah, bit of a charming guy. So we'll move on to uh, Constantino Anthony. I'm going to throw one out here, he reckons, but uh, Tupac is still alive and up for debate and he should run for president. R&B hip-hop has never been the same. Well, you know, I'm not too sure about the hip-hop and R&B, but lately the new stuff is just like, what. here's, here's all you need to do to make a new R&B and rap song in the mainstream media. You just need to get a chorus and rap about anything. Don't tie the two in. If you tie the two in that storytelling, you don't want that in a rap song. Oh. You just want to go superficial. Keep it really light, light and easy. Women, uh, you know, cars, jewelry, you know, things that you probably can't afford, but you know, because you, because you, you feel insecure, you should talk about it. You know, loud and yeah. open spaces to a lot of people who. Pay a lot of money to see it. The other good thing about that as well is they, they always have good product placements. And that's good as politicians. As a politician, you need to know, especially America, how to find good sponsors because that's how you get in power. So there could be something to this, having these uh, rap guys in. Oh, that's right. All you have to do is as a whatever your name is foundation and just leave it out. 48 million, <laughs> it can be yours like that. Uh, Although I don't know how you're going to get the refund from your Saudi Arabian friends, but uh, you know, good uh, luck with that. That's saying too smart, Matt. <laughs> Who's next, man? Jockin Ferreira, definitely a kind of Well, the guy's broke. Um, you know, so he could definitely deal with a bit of uh, exposure to push his next album. Yeah, and he came out recently. It was a big Trump's Support and that that wasn't too happy with this crowd. I guess being a majority of black crowd, I'm gonna say no because that wasn't the biggest problem. The thing is, is like people don't care about politics. This is the thing about yeah. metal sucks keeps f- screwing up. They try to push a political agenda, but people. This is why people retreat to music. They don't want to be told what to think. They already been told that on the on the uh, the news or by their parents or you know by people they don't love like their their partners or something oh. you know. But here's the thing: they need to go understand that. Music should be that for at first, you know. And uh, when you stop a concert, even when they do it with me, you know, to do it because you go on a diatribe about, you know, their their uh, grocery list or whatever, we don't want to hear it. We want to hear songs, right? Yeah, no, that's cool, man. So uh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but can you can Kanye do a presidency, Danny? You can, no, no. Just yeah, no. Andrew Cutting says Alice Cooper. Now this guy is very well respected, very well. Uh, at talking, he's got his own radio station here as well, Danny. Well, he appears on Triple M. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he has his um, fun facts. He seems quite knowledgeable. So, yes, uh, I think Alice Cooper could have potential there. Yeah, he's got a great Facebook thing as well. So, he's very on top of what the youth like. And for someone in their like late 1950s, like, I'm talking not like the year he was born, I'm talking his age right now, you know, he's a vampire, you know. Uh, he can still keep in contact with the really funny jokes and get the get the uh, big crowds to uh, come. So I'm actually picking out. Let's keep it. Might be this. Oh, there you go. Unless we can resurrect Frank Zappa, that's what Daniel Cedarblad wants to see: is a resurrected Frank Zappa. Uh, the guy, you know, taught um, Stevie Vai pretty much everything he knows. 
So yeah, maybe he's a good teacher. I just yeah, I really don't know too much about Frank Zappa, but uh, I guess he's a wise man, so potentially. Yep, Josh Rigby. Surprise, nobody has said the most obvious being Henry Rollins. Now he's pretty aggressive. Yes. So his opinions are like, yeah, I could see him more military, like you know, you know, having like the nuclear launch codes on the bottom of his finger, but he never would do it. But it's a little bit crazy. So mm. like people are like, yeah, whatever you say, America. Yep, totally fine. Like, how much land do you want? Oh, yeah, we can. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a little off, but he's got his finger on the pulse as well. Yeah, actually, you know, he's starting to do like I think he even came down to Australia was on like Q and A or one these type of shows. He's um talking panel shows. So he maybe starting to think about getting into a more of a political. So yeah, yeah. Time, uh, John Clare. I would definitely have to say Zach Dilla Rocker from Rage Against the Machine. Definitely a Democrat, I'd imagine. Uh, but he's very against establishment. Mm. A little bit like Donald Trump, maybe. So who knows? Oh, maybe he have enough money to run for himself as well. So you know, all the youth group they'll vote for him. Do we get another Pete though, where it's kind of like he sings all this awesome stuff, gets into politics, and then he's like got tied down, you know, <laughs> investors, up. you know, he's a sellout, you know, he wears a co- he's a, wears a tie and a suit, you know, and has all these uh, young fans burning Rage Against Machine shirts, making front covers of other Rage Against Machine albums yeah, afterwards. There you go. <laughs> Uh, what about Michael uh, Abs? Uh, Michael Ab Gibbs, Noel Gallagher is that the guy from Oasis? Yeah, yeah, nah. He's a bit. He's a bit too. Uh, he's one of those probably cynical guys who doesn't care about anyone and just wants to help himself. So again, a lot of politicians are in it for themselves. Want to give themselves that nice superannuation paycheck. So yeah, he could. He, he wouldn't give a shit what anyone else cares about. So there could be things there. Yeah, what about Adam Blacksmith said Jello again, and someone else said that. Is that like someone I'm missing? Because I can't, I should have done a bit of research beforehand. But he also said Henry Rollins as well. So Henry Rollins, it's yeah, two out of two. That's two. You know, people, people, people hear the anger in his voice, and they they can relate. Well, big shout out to these two people who, to finish it off. Who actually put it on our uh, Super Metal Brother wall? So we're gonna give these guys a call out. Shelley Marcheski. She said Aussie. That would be friggin' awesome. It'd be friggin' entertaining, but uh, awesome. I think the problem with Ozzy is that by the time he actually gets like a sentence out or tries to carry a policy, it's end of his term. <laughs> Even though I said, and, and I'm just, I just like to say that, um, that you, uh, I, I love you all. And yeah, Ozzy, man, that's, that's been two weeks, mate. You know, you gotta, you gotta do something, son. And the infidelity, he'll fit right in with the Bill Clinton, though. So it won't be really like, it won't be any different from any other politician, but it would just be more hilarious, I'd imagine. Actually, that's true. At the moment, he's been um, a bit of trouble lately with, well, now his missus is a bit, um, yeah. Yeah, a bit off now. hairdressers and stuff like that. So uh, we'll move on to our last one with Jamie Jackson saying, and this one here is probably one that a lot of people would agree with. Serge Tan Kayan has always been against the uh, crap politics and warmongering, Danny. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean, it's another one of those uh, musicians who like, I mean, all the lyrics are about that, so he likes to get a cross out there. Again, it's one of those people he's like anti-establishment. Is he going to be happy to like run and deal with all these politicians? Because that's, that's the big scene. When you when you're in politics, you got to run and you got to work with other people and people you don't like. It's so I'm not sure how well these guys work together. Yeah, you're you're right. And what else comes to mind? I got informed by one of my informants with uh, Jello. I'm talking Jello Biatra, which is the guy obviously from. The, the Dead Kennedys. Now, as you can tell, I've never heard a Dead Kennedys album, let alone a song. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with that. And after talking all about that, Danny, we've had a couple of Henry Rollins in there. Um, I'm like an Alice Cooper, to be honest. But what uh, what's picking out for you? What's gonna be our musician that we need to plug for 2020 electorate? 
I think the one which is uh, what I would like to hear is the lead singer from Sabaton. Ah. Not just because I want to say Sabaton again like that, but I have a feeling this guy here, he seems like the wise old guy, kind of like a Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And you feel like what he says people listen to and people respect. I'm not sure how old this guy is, but he just sounds like an old wise man. And that's, yeah. that's a pretty, sh- and he's got a nice, like, cool, like, speaking voice, and I'll get it across to you. So it's very, um, yeah, I reckon he's the way to go. Do you think the flip side might be his ultra, like, just crazy and be like pillager and like he actually is the manifestation of what he sings about in his songs well yeah maybe but I don't know that'd be fun that would be fun as <laughs> well bring an axe and only the strong survive for the next four years <laughs> yeah that's true I mean there's other I mean yeah other political like songwriters we have like Warren Dane from Nevermore yeah, politics and stuff. Yeah, against really against like corruption and like prisoning and stuff like that, and yeah. sentencing. How aggressive it can be for certain things. Uh, yeah, and in fact, a lot of albums were against politics. Really, a lot of manifestations in that. What about? Uh, I was thinking uh, a pretty obvious one, uh, which I've forgotten now. But so you continue, and I'll think about that in a sec. Well, another obvious one, unfortunately, Jim and Parsons, Ronnie James Dio. Again, a massive guy, pretty much against the political spectrum and stuff like that. Even one of his lines, All the Fool Sail Away, the last line he says in that song, it gets a bit real, people, but he says, and I say, I quote him, he says, They say you're beautiful and they'll always let you in, but doors are never open to a child without a trace of sin. And I think that really reflects what we see in politics with the whole ICAC stuff and all corruption thing that it looks like these people are cut from the same sort of ilk. And mm. unfortunately, all these people we mentioned, all these musician stuff, They'll probably won't. They'll probably get chased out. They probably won't get accepted into politics, man. Yeah, it's funny. What we need is probably almost less politicians and more whistleblowers. I think now with the rise of that, what's happening, and the funny enough, a disappearance. No one's seen Snowden for a while. Um, so let's hope that goes well. But uh, yeah, let's let's hope that uh, less of the corruption and more of the uh, uh, transparency in uh, politics, and then we don't have to worry about getting a muso in. Oh, and if not, like having a musician leader would be great, man. Actually, every time they come doing that, a press conference or something, they can come out to their song and like, rock it out. And- oh, my God. Oh, that would be sick. Oh, like- cool merchandise as well, man. You know, imagine that. Yeah, so one, you get to sell all awesome T-shirts and all profits go to, you know, like instead of paying a tax, you can buy your shirt. So, like, you get a little something yeah. back. And then, like, your, your school gets fixed, you know, or, like, you know, your child can go to daycare or whatever, you know. Um, but just a, like a wrestler, like, he'd come out to awesome music all the time, you know. So you're voting in, like, a band rather than, like, a person, which is kind of cool, too. And all of that inaugural speeches and their public addresses would be, like, a U2 concert where they play music, then they do a speech, and they play music, and they do a speech. And, like, Ridiculous. a U2 concert, we, we really hate the person in front, and we don't know why we keep supporting him. Yeah. Just like a president. Yeah. So there you go, guys. That's our thoughts about the musician. Um, think of what you will. Good luck with that. But thank you so much, guys, who you wrote in, took the time in there. I hope you enjoyed your shout out and uh, just kind of bathe in the glory, you know, just like a like a blanket. Put it over the top of you and just kind of sit there and uh, keep nice and warm with those feelings. But on to our final presentation of the evening. And that is Ancients, the latest album from the guys from Canada. This is called Voice from the Void. Don't know much about this band. This is only their second album, Danny. Only second album. And for those who don't know, Angels actually spelt with two eyes in this case. If we just look at home, two eyes. Now, if you don't know what that second eye stands for, well, geez, you're just not a heavy bigger fan me and Matthew because that is some really crazy shit. And I'm not even a biggest fan of uh, Super Mario Brother Dan over there because I don't even know what the eyes for. And I'm not even a bigger fan of Super Brother Matt. That's how he's going back and forth <laughs> and just distracting you, keeping you moving. Yeah, so these guys are from Vancouver, British Columbia, and normally I can find information on Wikipedia pretty easy with these guys, with any other band I've reviewed. But with these guys, I found it much harder because... Uh, 
It's about three sentences. Nah, because you've got to type in the extra. Oh, I'm out. I told ah. you about this. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I got ancients. I was like, Greece. Do <laughs> <laughs> so they have an album out? Is it metal? <laughs> Isn't that band Nile in Egypt? <laughs> so the band consists of vocalist, guitarist, Kenny Cook, guitarist, Chris Dyke, and bass player, Aaron Boone, with drummer, Mike Hanay. To uh, have the quartet going. Now, let's talk right from the top of the riffs, Danny's. Now, this is, off the bat, a very ambitious band. Once you listen to the first track, you think you're set up for the rest of the album with uh, some really good money riffs. You know, it's kind of that groove, metalcore almost inspired with that uh, feel. But then as soon as the second track uh, to the third track kicks in, you think something's going on. Yeah, I mean, Matt's definitely right. There are money riffs in this uh, album. Compared to some other bands you've listened to in the past couple of weeks, they've, they've got like... Nice, strong, melodic riffs, etc. But nothing you really look forward to or crank up the the uh, C play when it comes to yeah, it. Yeah, agree. But here, man, you got from 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 what I can recall, tracks one, four, and seven. They have those plus where you just like want to blast that freaking stereo. I don't care if you like lose hearing for like a week, man. So mm. they they got the really heavy heavy riffs in there. They also have good strong melodies as well. So the mm. riffs actually are. Uh, very, very decent. And there's a lot of them. Like, there's some of these songs clock up to about nine minutes. You know, these are like, and the best way of putting it is the combination of bands like Mastodon to bands like Opeth. These are a progressive metal band with the ideas from the guitarists being quite diverse and unique, you know. But I'd say to uh, with Opeth, these guys are even stretching the game even further because there's even more influences than um, that I found with, with bands like Opeth and progressive metal bands, even Light Mastodon to a degree. Th- this band has everything under the book. They've three. They're obviously, fans of music. That's what I could say, Danny. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I heard bits of like Purple in here, bits of Sabbath, bits of Tool. They literally have. Uh, genres coming from every bit of rush yeah in a little bit track eight has a hammond organ at the start and mm. then it's like literally I, I didn't think anyone was still ripping off black sabbath but here you go you got ozzy literally singing over the top he changed his vocal style to have that quite high shrill kind of voice with it with literally a four or five chord section and that when you listen to the first track where it's like this you know melodic death middle heaps of notes kind of thing it's like wow that is it's literally like a, the whole playing field, Danny. But is it jarring? Is it too much? Or is it too many cooks for the broth kind of deal? Or is it just kind of like, wow, you get a little bit interested because like, wow, that was cool. What's next? Yeah, no, definitely the second one because this guy's pretty cool. Again, having the vo- different vocal styles we'll talk a bit later, but the riffs, they, they do, again, the strong, slow melodies, play some thrashy parts at times, mm. heavy parts with a double kick at times, some, a little bit of blast beats in there. So they mix it up and they, they have that progressive feel to the songs where they take you on that ride and that wave can help build things up, break them down. So mm. you do get a lot of variance in their riffs. And Yeah, I've got to be honest. I very rarely will love uh, acoustic sections in metal songs like these sometimes, but like they're just really engaging. And when some of those real cool Middle Eastern lines, you know, those frigid dominant for you know, muses out there come in, you're like, oh, wow, you know, it's good stuff. You know, these guys are very seriously into their music and it really tells... And they take what they do very, very well. Um, maybe in the future they might refine it so they kind of aim for a certain sound or maybe they'll go even more expansive. It's incredibly risky. Like what they're doing is like they might try to appeal to a lot of fans or they might not. They might just be doing what they find organic. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a hard one to recommend sometimes because it's such a big pile of, you know, different ideas. Yeah, that's actually a good point, man. You're right. It could be something that they've got too many riffs in there and, for you to, to buy an album based on a bit of really big variety and stuff might... Because like, I would like recommend it. this out, like with those riffs, you know, we'll talk, actually we'll go into it a little bit later. So we'll move on to vocals, but we'll come back to this in, in a little bit later on because we uh, we do like these riffs. So let's go to the vocalist. Now, this is like literally Mikhail Ackerfeld from Opeth, man. He's got the very dark, brooding, 
growls, you know? Like, it's a, it's a death metal growl. There's no way around it, you know? But then he's singing very kind of sad, you know? It's a lot higher in register. But it's a little bit melancholy compared to where Opeth is a little bit more brighter. It's almost jarring mm. for some people because he's much, he has a happy style, you know? But what do you think of his vocals in general, Danny? Yeah, definitely, he definitely has um, uh, definitely contrasting styles, but I reckon he does them both quite well. His tone when he sings his melodic stuff, again, he he's actually funny. He's such a good ground, even a bit of screaming at times, but his melodic tone literally, is, there's no real, you say, weight to yeah. it or, or girth to it. But, you know, it, it's they ride around it because they're, they're trying to create a mood and feel the songs, and I feel like that's his tone suits those mills. I would like to, like, for, for track three, for instance, I would like to see him dig out, because that song's quite sad and quite, um, like, a vulnerable kind of song, very depressing, you know. But uh, I would like to see him kind of dig it out towards the end or even with some of those choruses. But, you know, literally he does what's required for the song. Um, I'd like to see the next album, though, him stretching his vocals a little bit more and get more comfortable in those registers because he really is very comfortable with the screams and... Uh, uh, it's just something that I've noticed where I was like, oh, you just you just want to you want to get grabbed by the balls by when he does both, you know, or, or by the gut, you know. And uh, I was quite taken away with this grab. But when he's singing, I was like, ah, it's it's fine. Yeah, I think I mean one part you can it's very very noticeable is track two when they have this very um, uh, like in a slow breakdown to the uh, music, then they come back and make it big again, and he comes back with his vocals, but the lyrics he's singing about are very like death and like murderous yeah. but his tone doesn't suit the lyrics and you're just thinking no, that this doesn't fit and it's too profound so it's too noticeable yeah so unfortunately that, that's a bit of a, a bit of a side thing but everything else he phrases well yeah you know, good good range yeah um good control uh the cool thing they do with this song here as well is that like they'll have the same riff or like a bit of music playing but then he'll go from his like melodic to heavy style over the same uh, riff, which is quite cool because it shows you a bit of like dichotomy going on yeah. within themselves. They don't rely on let's go to drums and guitars heavier when he goes heavier and singing. Let's just make him do a bit of the work. Yeah, so no, so different. I agree. Uh, let's go on to the diversity, which we're going to basically cover because we covered this a lot in riffs and vocals. It, it, again, like we were saying before, it's got a lot going on, you know, to do metal passages, to black metal passage, passages, to death metal, to groove metal. To then lot quieter moments, somber moments that you would find on a Coldplay record or, you know, your mum's selection of, of chair CDs almost, you know. But that's the thing. Like, this album does so much and it's so ambitious. But um, that's going to be your, your biggest draw card as a listener or your probably that one that you'd be scared off the most with because even the vocalist is so diverse. These guys just are challenging themselves all the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, right, diversity is... A big, big selling point for this album, like you suggested before. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they do it well. They, again, they the, the songs, even though they're long, they do feel their own. They don't they don't feel like they're repeating the same like structure. I mean, even now then they'll fit in put a solo if they need. They'll slow it down if need, or they'll have a different type of in, ending or beginning. So they they do mix it up quite the well. The problem is for me, yeah, with with any band that is this diverse is they're going to come across a style that I'm probably not going to like. So what happened with me is I got completely entrapped by the first track, right? And this is probably a band for the, for the good thing or bad thing. Then I heard the Doom Metal intro, I think it's a track seven or whatever, and I was completely like, if they got rid of that whole entire two minutes at the start, the song is integrity of song structure would not have changed at all and I would love the song because it goes into this like death, like literally like a Chuck Schrodinger really kind of feel. And it's like, wow, that doesn't even, they're not even compatible. Like, there was no like quoting over, or there was no 
uh, transition into the the next part of the song. So that's the problem I do find with some metal bands that go into this is that there's no real need for songs to go this long sometimes, but I have a feeling that guys were just challenging themselves to write very big and epic songs and uh, it gets lost to me sometimes because I, I really expect um, uh, a context for the album sometimes. Even with progressive albums, this some of these riffs were just so off the wall, out of left field. That infamy, I was like, there's, it doesn't do anything. But uh, that's just my thing. And uh, like, Daniel, you're the opposite. You found it pretty much engaging all the way through. Yeah, that, that's the only true of time. I did find it quite, yeah, quite engaging. So, yeah, it's good stuff. The groove of this album, how does it make you feel in total? I think for me, it really was a lot of fun listening to this album from start to finish. But uh, it was only very rarely when I was like getting into like a metal album. I'd most of the time was getting into it like a progressive rock album. Yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, there's only, again, there's certain parts that get really heavy. But a lot of it is that like backing groove to the songs which helps you like keep going along that I, don't, I think I think they do well I think they're put in there when they need to again the, the the singing helps give the feel to the song so even though you might not have groove you might have a strong feel or, or emotion side to it so mm-hmm. I mean it, it's definitely a, every, not every song there's a couple of songs there where you're just playing like rock songs or you know, I guess you don't, you don't have groove or it's just some I don't know, heavier songs, we don't have a groove through at all. But mm. uh, look, there is there is enough groove there, which I find quite engaging. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, I found it uh, mostly engaging. Um, I, uh, I I found it hard sometimes to groove out to really, really long songs, um, especially with so many changes and ideas. Uh, it's no fault of their own. You know, this, the, what they're doing is, is pretty good for the most part. Um, so let's, let's finish off the production. And uh, I like the honesty of this album. Uh, it doesn't really feel like uh, it's uh, overly heavily produced. It was uh, very sincere. And a very honest album, and uh, I think you get that from the way they write. Uh, it's not always um, like over polished, uh, in fact, at all, really. And uh, that uh, does well for the uh, overall tone. Yeah, that's great. Sincere and honest, man. They're, they're two words I wouldn't hear describing an album very often. But that's- yeah, but that's the thing for me though. The album for me, as a whole, wasn't an emotional kind of tug. It was just an enjoyable experience. However. Um, and I will have to say this, the, the, the song tracks were just a little too long for me to get really back into and there were certain sections that's a little unnecessary for me. So listening to the album as a whole sometimes was a bit hard, you know, it became sometimes a chore, but I really do respect the guys, um, you know, for a second album, this is incredibly ambitious and, you know, as far as taking risks go, I mean, this is basically as risky as you can get. It's like, you're going to probably possibly alienate every listener, but that's the charm of it too. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't do anything, no too many bells and whistles in here. You know, a couple of uses of like layered vocals, some white noise. And yeah. Nothing too much. It's for, actually, for a progressive album, that's interesting. So they, they don't really use, it's not even, there's not even keys in this. It's just the um the four guys. Yeah, it's so. very rare you'd get the Hammond organ or something come out, but you're right. Yeah. It's just literally four guys for the most part, and uh, they're just rocking out, having a good time. Uh, yeah, for what you will. Uh, I really rate the album, but Daniel, I think you got more enjoyment than I did. I think you really, really like this album. Yeah, I did actually. I reckon this would easily make my top five albums of the year. Holy crap! Yeah, no, no. From the, from was it fifteen or so albums? Or I think we've done about fifteen or so. Yeah, albums. we've done fifteen or sixteen albums now. Yeah, I think this was definitely gonna make one of my top five. Cause I just, yeah, I'm a bit more for like guy from the hard rock progressive background, so that it kind of suits me a bit more to then to Matthews. Um, uh, bit more heavier stuff. yeah and that's the thing you know whenever I get a context for an album or a sound I generally fall in love with that kind of idea and want to see that idea embellished upon uh, for this is for me it's just uh, there's a lot of things which uh, took me out of the experience yeah. uh, no further Owen. you know they're, they're a good band I re- and I'd recommend it very very fast to someone who wants a progressive metal album or a progressive yeah. rock album you know 
Uh, yeah, but uh, again, I have a very short attention span. I think <laughs> it's all this time of eating nothing but sherbet through my years of year three to 23 <laughs> and uh, watching cartoons. And I still watch this very day. You know, I need anything for half an hour that's going to keep my attention. And uh, But that's the thing. I, I can't uh, take that off, but it's for you guys to yeah, hear it out. Yeah, I recommend it's for anyone like saying he likes Marston, like old school, like progressive, like hard rock. And for those disenfranchised Opeth fans who want them to relive their early albums, definitely buy this album because this is pretty heavily inspired from like the Blackwater Park still life. Uh, Opeth. So if you if you really miss those Opeth days in India, you really need to buy this album. Yeah, and and with that, that's our review of the Ancients uh, from Voice from the Void. So we wish all these guys very good luck. Uh, will it make the top my top five ends of the year? Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's gonna be a tough one to to uh, talk about. But uh, it, it comes with a very strong recommendation to those people who are inside the field. Mm, yeah, definitely. So um. Go and enjoy. If not, hey, look, just listen to at least one or two of the songs and see if you like it or not. Yeah, I'd say, look, listen to the first track, but realize that that's probably the only track that uh, yeah. sounds like that. Actually, yeah, that, that's right. The first track is their live post heavy rocking. If you want, if you go to track nine, which is the last one, I have a feeling that's kind of like the melody, uh, the medley of all their songs together. They mm. kind of take a bit of each element. So if you want to hear everything left off in one song, try track nine. Yeah, but like give yourself, is it like 10 minutes? Oh, yeah, something stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. So make sure it's a really long toilet break. Well, that was a lot of fun, Danny. That was the album uh, we're really up to. You know, we're getting close to the end of the year, which we're going to reveal to the fans our top tens. Uh, we're going to get a live for that episode, so that'll be very, very cool. We'll, we'll talk to you guys when that's going to be in fruition later on. Um, but really, you know, we're just having an absolute ball. We've got a couple of big ones coming up uh, with CD reviews, and uh, we want you guys to uh, definitely, you know, let us know what you guys want to hear on our show. You know, Metallica have got an album out, but so have Dark Tranquility, and we've got some other left of field ones which we might have on the show next week but uh yeah any closing thoughts danny before we see the uh, lovely viewers out tonight uh just remember if you want to be a politician apparently you have to be a lawyer so put down that guitar and pick up a <laughs> pick up a book <laughs> yeah absolutely good luck guys uh, enjoy your hex debt uh, until next week though i'm super metal brother matt and i'm super metal brother dan we've been the super metal brothers thank you so much for joining us this week and we'll catch you next week <laughs>